Welcome back, everybody, to the new sports order. I'm Tom Corbett. He is the Pearl Sterling Pingree. And an interesting week we have had since we last recorded. We still don't know where Lamar Jackson's going. We don't know for sure where Aaron Rodgers is going. Could there be another team in the mix now? And who'd have thought we don't know where Mac Jones is going? No, 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 we do. The answer to that is nowhere. Tom, this had, I think of myself as a fairly rational fan. I mean, for, for those who have listened to this podcast, one, we, we appreciate you greatly for yes. listening. Two, I think for the most part, and I hope you would agree, I'm fairly measured. Uh, I like to think I, I'll get animated, but I, I don't yell and, and scream. I'm not, I'm not a hot take artist. I'm not someone who's just going to say incendiary things. I would in, in agree a way, with that. In a way, that can be boring for this whole vocation and line of work and, and everything that we do, you know, because we try to entertain. But at the same time, I see so much of that, and, and I don't want to sink to the depths of uh, saying things just to say them when I don't really believe them to be true. All of that being said, when I see a report from Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk saying that the Patriots are shopping Mac Jones, and in the initial reporting, it said the teams that the Patriots have contacted are unknown at this time. In the very next line, they said, but if we were to guess who the teams are that they would talk to, we believe that it is the Raiders, the Texans, the Commanders, and there's a fourth team that I'm blanking on. So people then take that 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 kernel of a headline and they run wild with it like hulkamania in 86 just running wild across the pages of the internet that the patriots are shopping mac jones want him gone belichick hates him he's angry that mac was talking to former coaches and was going outside the organization last year it's bad blood dysfunction running rampant and I listened. Mike Florio went on uh, Tommy Curran's Patriots Talk podcast yesterday afternoon. Hours. I mean, within two to three hours after the report came out, he was already on Tommy Curran's podcast, which I believe uh, they're both subsidiaries of NBC. And he gave absolutely zero detail. Absolutely no detail to the report. But continued to just manufacture a running stream of thought diarrhea through the podcast landscape of maybe they'll trade him to the Raiders. Maybe the Raiders, you know, I don't, I'm not convinced that the Raiders have enough quarterbacks, even though they signed another Patriot quarterback yesterday, Brian Hoyer to go with Jared Stidham, uh, who they signed. I feel like that's just player coach. That's a player coach. hiring. <laughs> two year deal. He got a two year deal. <laughs> I mean, in New England, we thought he was the quarterback coach in waiting for many years. Uh, we thought he was a year ago, and now he signs a two-year deal with the Raiders, which probably is. They'll work with Jimmy G, um, 
and Josh McDaniels and uh, and Danny Amendola, who's a returners coach in uh, Vegas. So uh, Josh McDaniels creating Foxborough West out there. Uh, but I digress. Didn't work with the Chiefs when they tried that. No, no, or, or uh, many other teams that have attempted that same uh, idea, Detroit, uh, the Giants. But so this is now out there. Now everyone's running wild with it and, and just wildly speculating of they jump right to the salacious. The Boston Herald today, Kevin uh, Karen Garigian put out a piece that said this level of dysfunction has not been been seen in Foxborough for years as proven by the fact that the Patriots are shopping Mac Jones. This is all stemming from one kernel of a nugget of an idea that came out of pro football talk. And now we have seen beat writers across the Patriots. I was going to say blog landscape. Beer, it's, it's, landscape. We'll go with that. Um, and nobody can attribute anything to anyone that the Patriots have shot Mac Jones. People have spoken with people in the Raiders organization. They've talked to people with the commanders and the Texans and everyone to a man or woman have responded with that's news to me. Everybody Gronk called it fake news today. He said he couldn't believe that the Patriots would do that. And if Gronk's calling it fake news, I'm a little more inclined to believe it because Tom, the one thing that the Patriots never had when Tom Brady was here for 20 plus years was a quarterback on a rookie deal. That I mean that that now yeah. is, and I think you would agree is like every team's goal is to find the quarterback they want in the draft, get him in a rookie deal and pay him way below market value because that's when you can spend in other areas. And it's ostensibly when your window is open, when you sign to the big guaranteed deal, that's when your window closes. The Patriots yeah. have Mac Jones on a rookie deal for three more years. They've endured the first two. Enduring the second one was a pain, but they did it. And they're going to throw that away. To, for, for what gain? For, to what end is the other part of it? Because if the Patriots traded Mac Jones, who's the quarterback next year? Don't say Bailey Zappi. I the only thought that popped up in my head was if maybe they look to say could we get a one for Mac and then go get Lamar? Use that to go get Lamar. I could see maybe, but unlikely, like you said, because there's a lot of guaranteed money that comes with going and getting Lamar. I thought it pointed to a few things. One, just how toxic that relationship with Mac Jones and Matt Patricia was last year. Where he's like, literally, I have to go outside the organization to get decent coaching right now. Sure. Sure. Which I have, and, and, and I've been guilty. I have offered to kids before. Like, I've seen like good young players around here, like playing basketball for a bad coach. I'm like, hey, if you want someone to work with, just let me know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you deserve better Jones and, and, and I told him what he needed to be doing. I did. I reached out. I was one of those people. You're one of those people, uh, Matt, which Matt shows Jones just how tall, bad tall, Matt tall, Patricia tall. was that, right. you know, Mac turned to a white guy in Vermont who never played football. Yes. 
he, he just needed the leadership from you. That's all he needed, Tommy. He just needed your leadership. That, that guidance. Was, that was all it was. Uh, he's he's a big uh, uncommon deeds fan. I think that's that's the root of all of that. I could see um, I could see him being a big motorsports guy. Loki. I mean, he's from he's from Jacksonville. I mean, that's a that's a that's a NASCAR hotbed there. Eh, give or take, Probably. you know, it's around it. It's not far from Daytona. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of short tracks around Tampa Bay, and well, I digress, Farley. <laughs> uh, I don't know how we spun there, but. But, you know, I, I think you take the kernel of that Belichick is upset, that Mac went outside the organization, they've, they've brought in the coach, they brought in all of this. The the other portion of this that I found interesting, I saw a, a tweet, Let's see if I can, I'll, I'll bring it up here. Essentially what it was was it shows a pattern of pro football talk and their coverage of the Patriots. And by that, it's the, we'll say, tone and tenor of the headlines that they have posted. This, Tom, I'll read these to you. Tell me kind of what your um, thoughts are of these. This is the last seven headlines on Pro Football Talk about the Patriots. Tensions linger between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. This was two days ago. If this ends up being Bill Belichick's last year in New England, where does he end up in 2024? Here's a look at possible destinations. Robert Kraft may have put Bill Belichick on the playoffs or else hot seat today. At 70 to 1, the Patriots have the longest preseason Super Bowl odds since Bill Belichick became the coach in 2000 and since Robert Kraft bought the team in 1994. Devin McCourty still doesn't know why Bill Belichick benched Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. Devin McCourty's praise of Steve Belichick's honesty includes some unintended candor regarding nepotism in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, this this one might be my favorite. Lamar Jackson reportedly wants to play for the Patriots. Former Patriots cornerback Asante Samuel Sr. has some advice for Lamar. Quote, you don't want to play for Belichick. Unquote. Those are the last seven headlines before they said that the Patriots were shopping Mac Jones. Not exactly a... Um, uh balanced outlook for the patriots um not saying that it's all been uh, wine and roses in foxborough but the fact that we're we're going back to super bowl 52 like did we really need the malcolm butler hypothesis in there yeah i would say <laughs> it slants a certain direction you know a little bit it's got some it, real it, 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 Dave Meltzer talking world wrestling entertainment to Okay, so I'm so glad that you brought up Meltzer because that is what this feels like. It feels like, and for those who don't know, Dave Meltzer uh, has written a uh, quote-unquote wrestling newsletter, as he likes to call it, or a dirt sheet, uh, as some inside the business call it, where Dave would kind of prognosticate as to what the WWE uh, was going to do. And he would say, I'm hearing that this person is going to be the champion. And then if it didn't happen, Dave would then cover his tracks and say, oh, uh, they decided at the last minute to change things and go a different direction. That's exactly what it feels like Florio and Pro Football Talk is doing here is put this story out there. And then if it's unsubstantiated, how? I mean, you would have to get Bill Belichick to one, address this. 
which is never going to happen, which also makes it feel less legitimate in the first place because when do you ever hear about a, a big Patriot move? Like, you know, trading a third-year rookie quarterback you took in the first round. When do you ever hear of that happening ahead of time from the New England Patriots? Almost never. Um, but it's going to be that there's no way to fully refute it, that no conversation has ever taken place. So they can get away with putting this out there. Or they can just say, yeah, they decided to keep him. Well, that's the obvious conclusion. But how do we know that it ever happened in the first place? You don't. You don't. And, and this is, we, we see it all the time. It doesn't seem every year that Chris Sims has some mock draft take where he has someone everyone else has in the second round going number one overall, or he has, uh, what was the big one in the Trey Lance, uh, Mac Jones? Draft? Didn't he have, he had something where he didn't have like one of the consensus top five picks in the first round or something. Yeah, I can't remember. You know, he, it, it, it always happens and Chris Sims will, he backs it up. I don't think that, I want to say it was Trey Lance or something that he, he's like, I don't see him as a first round talent. And it's like, well, everyone else has him in you know, the top three. So they take these contrarian views, get everyone talking, and they know that in the news cycle that we have, they can then just walk away from it. So I don't know, just kind of infuriating that this is out there. This is what we're talking about because it feels like a slow news day item that there's no Aaron Rodgers news. The Lamar thing is... God, I don't even know if the, the pot of water is on the pan right now. It, it, it's not simmering. It's not even hot. So we got to drum up some business. we got to drum up some conversation. Things are too mellow three weeks before the draft. I know. We'll just float this out there that the Patriots are going to are shopping Mac Jones. Give me a break. It, it just makes, it makes no sense. The fact that people have to refute this is, is just, it's kind of sad for what football media is these days. Yeah. Just gave a quick look. I'm trying... Chris Sims' mistakes. A lot of things popped up. <laughs> he, he's good for one, like every six months, where he just loves to be that contrarian take of everyone that everyone else says is one of the best players in this draft, I think is the worst player in this draft. And someone people aren't high enough on, I'm going to say is the best player. Yeah, it just, yeah. It, he's you go pretty, to the extreme. Pretty low on Justin Fields. Uh, that might have been what it was. He ranked him the 38th quarterback going into his rookie year behind <laughs> Andy Dalton and Zach Wilson. Well, and and, and I think Chris Sims did that to Mac Jones going into this season as well, where he had him ranked like 29th in the NFL or something like that coming off of a rookie season where he made a pro bowl and not a Tyler Huntley pro bowl. Yeah, like he really. made a, made the pro bowl. Um, yeah, so just just no stock in pro football talk. We got some other stuff going on this week. It is Augusta, first major of the year. It's Masters. Tigers there, which is always a good story for, you know, at least at least another probably 16 20 hours and then we'll see. We'll reevaluate. Uh <laughs> You know, Rory's got all this buzz. He's, you know, especially with the show on Netflix, he's kind of the face of the PGA Tour right now. John Rahm continues to dominate, but Rory is is the face. Still has never won the green jacket. And, of course, the big story 
to go along with that is it is kind of the first tournament we've had where it's PGA guys going against live guys. I think there's what 13 or 16 live golfers in the field Something like that. Yeah. I think here's the question. Who is it more vital to get the win for kind of the PGA tour to say, yeah, we're still there. Or if a live golfer can manage to pull an upset, would that be a bigger deal for them to say, Hey, one of our guys won the masters. Well, I think you look at it this way is would it be worse that a PGA tour pro didn't win it or that a, a live golfer did win it? You know, would it be a bigger strike against the PGA tour or would it be a bigger feather in the cap for live golf? I actually think it would probably be a bigger negative for the PGA tour that they didn't have the winner, especially when you, the, the number you just put out there, you know, it is a smaller field than a lot of golf tournaments because it is an invitational, you know, Augusta plays by its own rules. But if they didn't have the winner on their side, if they did come from the live side, I think, uh, you know, in wrestling terms, it does make the the feud better. It does drum up a little more interest. Now, that being said, uh, God, it feels interesting that Rory McIlroy is this veteran who you just want to see, one, complete the career Grand Slam, which seemed like an absolute certainty 10 years ago. Uh, when he was in the middle of a run that saw him win four majors and in dominant fashion as kind of that next Tiger. I'd say kind of the first next Tiger. Um, it is a little bit. I, I'm not sure to the casual golf fan if the, the live versus PGA thing really matters, but I think there are interesting storylines that blossom off of that. And I think Rory being one of the top ones um, for hardcore golf fans. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 to me, it matters. I'll be sort of paying attention to it. You're like, what is those? What do those final groups look like? What if it's Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy and the last group on Sunday? I think there will be. Uh, I think certain people will view it through that lens. I don't think they will on the broadcast. I, I think, especially as much as the Lords of Augusta kind of control the broadcast and control their own narrative of of what's happening at at the Masters there will, won't be much talk of it. I, I can probably imagine that. I mean, they, they have fired golf analysts for their description of things that they didn't care for. Yeah. Gary McCord was famously banned from master's broadcast for saying that the greens were so slick. They had been bikini waxed and he never did another masters, even though he was one of the top uh, field reporters for the CBS golf broadcast. So it, I think for hardcore golf fans, we, we'll be, we'll kind of have our own, scorecard as we look at the leaderboard but i don't think there'll be much more uh than that but for us i I do think it's kind of fascinating yeah absolutely and you know it's not that long ago well i guess it is now almost three years i think when bruce or when kepka was just making this crazy run and winning seemed like every major he seemed to have he had the big injury and was coming back, and he seems to be getting a little rhythm. I think he's won the last two live golf tournaments, albeit those are what fifty four holes. Those aren't seventy two. So I, I, I don't get the C, I don't get the CW, so I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen a, a lot of the product. 
Well, if you look, not a lot of people have. Uh, what was it? Point oh oh one was their rating? Something like three weeks ago. You got what? Uh, Deshambo is always going to be a, a popular name just because he hits bombs and not many people like him, but he doesn't really care. He's a good personality for it. And then I think the other big one I would look at maybe like a Cam Smith who was really getting momentum before he jumped ship last year. Kind of got a mullet thing going. He's also played well at Augusta. I, I think yeah. of, out of all the live guys, I mean, hopefully in a, in a way that, you know, Kepka's kind of back to championship form. But if I were to look at that list, I think Cam Smith with his short game, you know, the way he can putt, the way he can pitch and chip, uh, is probably the one I would say has the best shot to to be there at the end. We've seen him go heads up. He was one heads up with Scotty Scheffler last year. Um, yep. So Thanks. yeah, and for the PGA Tour side, uh, Rory's been playing good golf. Scotty Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler, defending Gold Jacket champion, uh, Green Jacket. I know everyone sleeps um, on Scotty, and he had a, oh such God. a great year last year. But he just doesn't. <laughs> he's not Justin Thomas. He doesn't have the, like the big personality behind him or the sponsors behind him he's unreal he's absolutely unreal he won the players he won a major last year won i mean god it seemed like he won won 10 tournaments last year uh especially during that stretch in the spring where every week out seemed like scotty scotty shuffler was the top of the leaderboard so i'd say them and then you know you look at a guy like a max homa could he be the next one to sort of break through seems seems like he's been right there and is just waiting for, for that moment. Um, yeah, that, that would be something cool, especially for the PGA Tour, that we have got to see. There is some depth. There is some depth on the PGA Tour of, of good young talent outside of the, you know, the Morikawas and uh, John Rahms and Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and Roy McIlroy that we're starting to see the Max Homas, the Will Zalatoruses, the Matt Fitzpatricks. There's a lot of talent there. The Tony Finau's. Uh, and I think we'll see that this weekend. But I, I think, especially at Augusta, it, it is the people who, who traditionally play well there. Um, I think Finau is one of the ones who has grown spectacularly based off the Netflix show. He yeah. came off so well in that Netflix show, and everyone was rooting for him. I think they said his popularity has gone way up since that show. That's funny. I saw a meme somewhere and I'm blanking on the golfer's name. My apologies. He was one of the guys featured in one of the episodes of the next flick show. The meme was like some golfers are built differently and it just showed Kepka putting in this monster chew in his lip <laughs> on the practice screen. And behind him is this pale little golfer just slathering himself in sunblock. Yeah, and 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 that's kind of it. I mean, you you never know. I mean, look look at the U.S. Open last year, and it comes down to Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick. You know, who Fitzpatrick was one who coming out of you know born in England, came to college, you know, the United States. I mean, he was featured on the Netflix show, but one maybe who, it was him. I remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Go, sorry, I mean, go ahead. But remember, remember when Matt Fitzpatrick? I mean, God, was he 16, 15? You know, when he played in his first Masters, I remember he was paired with Ben Crenshaw. Which I thought was a great idea because you know nothing will help calm your nerves at Augusta for the first time like playing with Ben Crenshaw. But 
you know, he, he's been around for a long time and that we thought that Matthew Fitzpatrick and he's been a Ryder Cup teams and he's won tournaments you know, all over the world, but he hadn't won a lot on the PGA Tour, let alone a major. And that was his breakthrough. Uh, we could see more of that, uh, but I, don't know, I, I have a feeling it's going to be one of the the big names that we're already very familiar with that's going to walk away with a green jacket on Sunday. And as always, you know, if Tiger is remotely lurking after the first round, its viewership will probably at least double oh, for 100%. Friday and the weekend. And, and that's – you talk about all the rivalry in this generation – they're all trying to measure up to Tiger. So any any matchup you have on Sunday, if Tiger is in one of the final pairings, I mean that's just drama you can't script anywhere else. Can you imagine if if Rory and Tiger played, or Kepka and Tiger? I mean it, it doesn't matter. You you put anyone with him, and that is incredible theater and great TV. Uh, something that CBS would be salivating or over if Tiger was anywhere near the final few pairings on Sunday. They would, uh, yeah, they'd give their right arm for that. Yeah. What else we have going on? Uh, did you want to hit on quickly some baseball? After one game, I was out on the Red Sox. Uh, we discussed this via text message. They won two in a row, and I was back in. We're getting walk off homers. And then we got Score, swept. Scoring nine runs a game. Yeah. Well, then we got swept by the Pirates, and I'm back out. And nobody blames you. Kluber and, and actually pitched well today, too. Yeah, it, it was it was fine. I mean, they were a a Reese McGuire home run overturn call from at least winning, but even a, a win in the penalty in the final game of the series today. Losing the first two, it, like, it still felt like such a loss just in general that the offense went from nine runs, nine runs, nine runs, eight runs to, what was it, one run yesterday, one run today, and now they're going to go play Detroit. And that was one of the things a year ago. God, did they open with Detroit last season? And what, they got, they get swept, or they lost two out of three. They, they just look, they look terrible against the Tigers uh, last season. And I just remember thinking, like, my God. You know, they, they had Javi Baez. I, I think he hit a big homework against the Red Sox early, but it was just this moment of, oh, this team is not very good. If they're, they're not being the Detroit Tigers. And that may be where we are now, where you're struggling with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Detroit Tigers. You know, what happens when you start playing Houston and New York and Toronto and, I mean, hell, the Texas Rangers and. Uh, <laughs> Maybe Chris Sale will come out absolutely dealing in that in they the next need game. To. It's possible. It could always be worse. You know, we could be the Rays hanging up a banner for making it in the wild card game. But you know what? And, and, and you want to know why we can't make fun of them? Well, or, or as much because that is insanely sad is I'm going to look at the same to make sure that this uh, number is correct. Oh, yeah, it is, and actually it's improved. The Tampa Bay Rays are uh, 6-0. and They have yet to lose this season. So, well, can't hammer you know what? They did lose. That banner as they, much, lost, as as I want to. they lost when they put that banner up. That is their only okay, loss of the yeah. season so far. 
Okay. Yeah, they're they're, they're like six zero and one right now. They're they're not unblemished. They gave that's themselves bad. a I mean, that, participation that, trophy. That is up there with the Colts uh, putting up the AFC finalist banner as, what are you doing? Putting up a banner because we were the third wild card team in and got swept out of the wild card game. They scored one, they scored one run in two games. Yeah. In the two games, they got eliminated last year. They scored one run. Wow. Shouts. Banner. <laughs> well, it's like I, I said recently, I recently wrote a, a, a piece about Devin McCourty's retirement in the press conference and, and kind of comparing it to you know, Dante Hightower announcing his retirement the same day as McCourty's press conference. I'm like, you know, sometimes it is nice to, you know, you, ha- you just have a press conference or you have, you know, how many times have we seen a, a, a bad Red Sox or Celtic season? So in August, they decide, you know what? We're going to retire Cedric Maxwell's number. We are going to retire Wade Boggs' number. And you're like, wow, that seems kind of random. They go, oh, yeah, they're in fourth place and need to drum up a little excitement. So we'll uh, play on nostalgia. Sometimes you just need to add a little something to it. Because in 10 years, people won't remember that they scored one run and got swept out of the wild card. Though it does look really weird uh, to have that up there. I said, it's a participation trophy. You know, if they wanted to do, you know, the ones that you see them in like a lot of high schools, some colleges where they put like conference champions and then they just like put the year on all of them or you know, whatever it is, or playoff tournament appearances or whatever it is. Yeah. If you want to say playoff appearances and then put years on it, shoot, knock yourself out. I mean, whatever. And it's More different. Season, you know, whatever, I feel like, but... and we don't put banners up, but I feel like. At UVM, we can be like, oh, tournament appearances are a good thing. Yes. It means we won yes. the American East. That's the goal at the beginning of every season. Well, because if North Carolina puts up tournament appearances, that's what you're supposed to do. You don't get an award for doing that. Right. Well, plus, you're supposed to be there every year because like UVM, probably not getting an at-large if they don't win America East. Probably not. They would have to, you know, have some ungodly season yeah. and then lose in the finals or something kooky. Yeah, North, North Carolina not making it this year was news. Were they preseason so number one? Something preseason like that? number one. Also, UConn was not ranked preseason. They won the national title. And Kentucky continues to just be awful every year. Uh, an interesting thing coming out of that, and I thought about this last week, but we didn't talk about it, was – the kind of the back and forth, you had people talking about whether it was great to have kind of this open field with different names in the final four and really just a very balanced field. And you had some saying, okay, maybe it's good for this year, but then next year, you know, the Blue Bloods need to be back in the final four. And it goes kind of back and forth and i heard good arguments each way but you can't help but look at the numbers this was one of the lowest rated championship games in like recent decades so it's like we were almost there and i was excited i wanted to see what would 
the reaction be to what if Florida Atlantic had won the national championship? Just saying that out loud is kind of fun. Who won the March Madness last year? Oh, yeah, that was the year Florida Atlantic University won. That would it, it almost would have been like if TCU had upset Georgia in the championship game. Like who won college football's national championship? TCU, Texas Christian University. But what you're missing, and what I think this year was missing, was there was no Goliath. The great part of the Cinderella team is beating the Goliath. You know, Butler almost beating Duke. Sure. If Butler almost beats FAU, we don't remember it 12 years later. See, see, I think it kind of goes the other way, because not to say that UConn was a Goliath, but this is actually, and this is sort of the frustrating thing, um, with UConn just in general is, yeah, okay, they have five championships. Uh, look at who they beat in like, every one of those. So 1999, UConn beat Duke, and that is a loaded Duke team. I, I will put, actually, the 99 Duke squad against like any of, of the Duke championship teams. The, they would struggle with the early 90s against the Leitner Hill Hurley teams, but I mean, the 99 team with Elton Brand and Trajan Langdon and Chris Carwell, William Avery, and uh, Corey McGetty in his one year in, in college as a freshman. I mean, Shane Battier was, was on that team. I mean, ab- Chris Burgess, just absolutely loaded to the hilt. They had one loss. Like they lost the, the finals of the Great Alaskan Shootout against Cincinnati, and then they lose to UConn with Rip Hamilton, Clyde uh Jake Foskell. That's a legitimate one. You look at all the other UConn titles. They beat Georgia Tech and Luke Sencher in, uh, let's say, 2004. They beat Duke in the Final Four, but then they beat Georgia Tech. Then they beat Butler after Hayward's gone. Then they beat Michigan State. And not like a, a, a real Tom Izzo Michigan State team, but like a seven seed that snuck in. They beat them. That was, I think, the Shabazz Napier team. And then in this one, they beat San Diego State. So not to say that UConn was a Goliath. They played great. Not taking a thing away from UConn. They were the best team in the tournament. But you look at their road. I mean, they pounded Gonzaga. But that was probably the best team they played in the tournament. My thinking goes almost the other way, as you said. You didn't have David versus Goliath. I think for this to work and for this to be truly compelling is – with the week-long buildup going into the Final Four, you need four Davids battling it out. If you had had San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic, and then you know Miami's Miami, it's a big name and a big brand, not so much in college basketball as it is in football, or at least was. But if you had another, you know, just the first team that pops into my head, it would have been a miracle run for a 16 to make it, but a Fairlane Dickinson or a St. Peter that we saw you know, a year ago, or VCU, or any, any of those other kind of one-off, you know, lower, you know, mid-major type schools. Yeah. If you had had four Davids battling it out, knowing that, hey, we're going to go watch this tournament, and Virginia Commonwealth could walk away the national champion, then I think it's more compelling than, okay, UConn, you know, they're a borderline blue blood program who's won multiple national championships. And all they have to do is beat Miami and San Diego State. That to me isn't as compelling. Yeah, maybe Goliath, Goliath by default, almost. Right, they're the biggest of the littles type type of thing. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. 
I was trying to think. Because, yeah. because uh, what? it would have been, the... been interesting if this UConn team played in like last year's Final Four, where it was Villanova, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, because they were they were running through teams. But would they run through those teams? Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll never know. But yeah, and you didn't have really that bankable star either that you no. usually don't have. When you're talking, you know, small mid-majors, you talk about even what? I think that 2011 team that beat Butler was the Kemba Walker year. Walker year, yep. When he had the crazy run through the Big East and was just cooking all through the tournament and everyone was tuning in to see Kemba. You don't have that when you're talking, you know, Florida Atlantic and you're talking San Diego State. No offense to any of those players, but just don't have those big names. No, no, you, you don't. And and where you have the kind of one bankable team like UConn, it, it, you're right. It, it kind of casts that light on the other programs of not being adequate enough. But I think if you'd had all of them, it's like, all right, well, one of these teams is going to win the national title. Let's just see who it is. Uh, but you know, I understand it, it, it's all about the matchups. I always say this: everyone roots for upsets in playoffs and tournaments and whatnot until you get later into the playoffs or the tournament, and then you realize, oh crap! Like, l- look at where we are now. Like now, I'm going to watch these teams I I don't really know. And unless you're just rooting for you know, the Cinderella story, you know, you want to see the Hoosiers ending where the the small school wins it all. But it feels like at the end. Doesn't it seem backwards, Tom, that people are going, yeah, I would have enjoyed it more if Kansas were in it. Yeah, it's like, it's, it is. It's that thing where everyone loves the upsets the first round and no one cares that the second round is usually horrendous to watch because <laughs> it's people getting absolutely smoked. Except for this year, they just kept going. A lot of them. Yeah, uh, but, you yeah. know. Exciting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, the low numbers ratings wise, how much of that is whatever. We're also living yeah, in an I, age where less, I think less people tune in maybe and watch that live, but. Well, it, it, I also think it's systematic at college basketball and, and sort of where it is right now with all the one and dones you have less. I mean, like I was able to rattle off names from, you know, 1999 college basketball and we can recount these years you know, for when we were in college, and we could do it off the top of our heads. But if you were to ask me who, you know, who played for Kansas last year, I'd be like, I don't know. I mean, I know they won the national title. I know I watch these games, but I couldn't, you know, quote them chapter and verse like I could the, you know, Nick Collison, Kirk Heinrich, Brandon Rush, you know, all of those teams from the early 2000s. You know, the one that lost to Syracuse in 2003. Like you can yeah. pull those out because. You watch these guys for three or four years. Now, you know, I know I'm the old man yelling at the clouds with the one and done thing or, you know, the Wembenyama's avoiding college completely. But it, it isn't the same. And it, you don't get it. I mean, I was, you know, when we were in college, I was as big a Duke fan and, and followed them closely. I mean, they were, you know, up there with the Patriots and Red Sox in terms of the teams I, I followed the most closely. And, and now it's. I probably I probably couldn't name the starting five until like the ACC tournament this year, just because like I'd watch the games and be like, oh okay, yeah, it, it's. 
but I'm going to have to learn a whole new starting five next year and next year. And by the tournament, I probably have the names down, but you know, I, I know we're getting almost a completely new cast of characters a year from now. So why yeah. bother? And on a very small side note, they were playing with obnoxiously bright orange basketballs, and I really found it distracting. They were so bright. I don't understand just... how, why, all the above. Like, I texted, like, some friends. I was like, hey, is it just me, or are these basketballs really distracting? They're like, Yes! To text, you have to be careful on how you word it. You just start texting friends. Do these balls look orange? Or like like really orange? Like what? What are you asking for, Tom? Yeah, you just got to make sure you hit the right friend text thread. That's right. You get the wrong one, and it's going to get that real is awkward weird real quick. You hit the right one, and they know exactly. You don't even have to. You could just put bright balls, and they'll know exactly what you're talking about. Well, because they're about to text you the same thing. Exactly. Uh, so what are we? A few weeks away. Getting closer. What are we, three weeks from the draft for the NFL? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's three weeks from tomorrow. So uh, we're, we're closing in. I'll be interested to see if there's any trades between now and then uh, that, that shakes it up. I don't necessarily know as if there will be, but... Uh, always a fun time when there starts to be speculation where people, where you start getting the final editions of people's mock drafts to see what what they really think might happen. But I, I don't know. The the flies in the ointment are what happens with Lamar and does the Rodgers deal get done? A lot of people are saying, like you you said last week with Lamar, that they think it's going to be after the draft. So a uh, lot, lot to kind of keep an eye on, but we're, we're at a bit of a holding pattern. But lucky for us, we have... You know, NHL is winding down, NBA season is winding down, the Masters this week. We have plenty to uh, distract ourselves with. Absolutely. Should be fun. Keep an eye on the Colts. That's all I'll say. I don't know why I'm dropping it now, like the draft is in, is starting tomorrow. But I'm, I'm just saying, if you could get, what, Will Anderson and then trade for Lamar after – could anyone else improve their team that much? Probably not. Top of my head, I mean that's 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 a pretty good that's a pretty good leap right there. Yeah. All right, Pearl will be back next week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to send us a message, do it on the socials. Uncommon Media VT. Shoot us a message. Pearl's columns are up there every week. We can also accept email, uncommonmediavt at gmail.com. You have been listening to a Uncommon Media production.